everyone, and welcome to the 89th edition of Keen Minds. This is where we cover NBC's The Blacklist. This is Season 7, Episode 4, Kuwait. I am Jen, a.k.a. Takata Saigo. And I'm Tessa. And we finally got the back episode of Cooper! And we're finally recording! Sorry guys, it's a little late. That's on me. Um, it was Austin Film Festival. It was Austin Film Festival. And this nerd is the only one that showed up without a card to hand out. I will know for next time. <laughs> but uh, I did get to watch the episode the night of. I had a few minutes of downtime between things. So I watched mm-hmm. it on NBC's oh-so-terrible live streaming service. <laughs> it's if, if you ever get the chance... If you have to watch it, you can watch it. If you have, you know, cable, uh, it, it links up to your iPad and such. But, oh, that's... I, I adjusted the volume, and suddenly they would be talking, and there'd be no vocal, you know, n- no uh, audio to mm. it. Could that be your, your the connection? No, it, happen, it happens here, too. It's just... The, uh. the app is just really bad. <laughs> uh. I don't know why. Um, it, it's always been a struggle, it's one mm-hmm. of the reasons that I buy the season pass every year. And maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, well, we're offering it, but we'd really like you to purchase the episodes. <laughs> it's their, uh, their encouragement there. Mm. But uh, no, it's, it's always a new experience every season that I try to watch it. You know, yeah, it's never fun. So... Yeah, well, it, we first heard of Kuwait in, in 201. Mm-hmm. And here we are, two of, 704, we finally learned what happened. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a very good episode. I, I will always, always be on board with finding out more about the, the he's not really a minor character, but the side character's cast, or, or mm-hmm. the side character's past. Wow. I'm also running on a lot of sleep deprivation, guys, so <laughs> it's, uh, if I get a little weird with my phrasings, I apologize. Is it Twizzlers that are keeping her up? Yeah, I'm running on coffee and Twizzlers. Mm-hmm. That's it. So, um, first, do you, do you want to talk about, because we basically have two, two things going on here. Um, basically three. We have Cooper and Red on on present time. We had what happened in the past, and we have Katerina or whoever that woman is and Liz. I would like to actually start with something that's a smidge different from what you just laid out because okay. I, I agree with you. Those are the the three big ones. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to add a fourth. Okay. The title. Typically, they title the episodes with the blacklister names. So, the Simoon would have been... That would have been a very good one, yes. Would have been the go-to. Instead, they chose to call it Kuwait. Typically, those, you know... um, Name episodes. Kate May and... Requiem. uh, Requiem and... Ruin and Raspet. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Better memory than I have. Um, Those are all tied in very deeply with the mythology and typically with Red's past. This was not necessarily 
necessarily, at least not on the surface, it doesn't look like it was tied in with Red's mythology or Red's past. But I think it was. I think we got Interesting. A, I think we got a one of those what do you call uh the the uh lexical ambiguities? Well, that too. Um the House of Mirrors with this. We've got a shot off of another mirror so that we got an angle back to where Red has talked about the fact that other people have said all of these things about him. Mm-hmm. And there was a... Let's see. There was a line in there. said, uh, you, it was uh, what what Dan was saying to him said, uh, you were a tra- uh, you were a traitor treated like a patriot. I was a patriot treated like a traitor. And so that's what I became. Mm-hmm. And especially on the second watch through, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's like, I, I just, yeah. I feel like I'm not sure quite how it matches in. Cause I'm still very up in the air with Ilya and Red and everything mixed up with that. I'm just trying to enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the ride. I have, very strong feelings. About I know, it, but I know, and a lot of people do. I, I, I've got my Katarina spreadsheet. I'm okay. Um, <laughs> but you haven't done a spreadsheet with Red. I you have know, not. We're not really I, into the crazy side yet. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's because Cat interests me more. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I uh, just is... think I, I do think that this was probably a heavier Red mythology. Mm-hmm. reflection of a red mythology than it might seem on the surface. Yeah, I, I do have, though, it's a it's a very interesting point, and there was somebody in Reddit called Simon that had, that also pointed that out, too. Um, basically saying that this episode was very, very similar to Sal bin Hassan mm-hmm. uh, to so the, there's been a, a number of episodes that have deal with that idea of somebody who is thought to be something and they become that person. Others that, you know, and then you discover that this person was not it. And and I think that when when we look at the Pondus things, that, you know, th- this is Red that thought to be a traitor, told that. Yes, I don't think... And, and Red had been very clear about Raymond Reddington not being a tra- not being a traitor, so that he had not done anything that is became a different person and done terrible things, but none that was treasonous. But I think that that in this in this in this episode, it's it's very very interesting the way they constructed it to me, because you look at it and you think, oh, I know what's happening. You know, Hutton really was trying to do the right thing. Uh, he saw some bad things happening. Um, he thought there were illegal orders, and he just went to the captain, and it was the captain who had him, uh, who basically turned the Kurtz, and the Kurtz took him, and they basically paid off Cooper by with for staying quiet, and that's how he got promoted. That's the story, right? More or less. But there is, that's more or less what we're supposed to take out of this. And then that Cooper was, you know, 
feeling bad because Hutton wanted to do the right thing and he wasn't and he just kept quiet and he didn't go back to look for them, which is, why would you go back to look for them? Your superior just told him that he was executed. I think that Cooper, it was more, I, I think I think at least in hindsight, with years and years of hindsight, <clears throat> excuse me, that Cooper felt like his superior officer was not a trustworthy man. That he he had that time and that clarity to to see, like he felt like he should have seen through the lie. Mm-hmm. Whether he realistically could have or not is something entirely different. He felt that way. I, I felt that Cooper had more a survivor's guilt. Yes. Than real under, understanding of what it is, and and if you look at what Red said to him. Um, you were loosely, uh, very loosely uh, tethered to the facts back then. Um, and, and I want to say that because one thing that people forget is that who was running Minesweep? Who was the top officer of Minesweep? Raymond Reddington. Raymond Reddington was running Minesweep. So whatever was happening in Minesweep, you can bet that Red was behind it. And Red was higher in rank than Cooper. And Cooper was, he was by then supposedly already in a Pentagon combined in counterintelligence unit. So what Cooper was doing was not illegal. I don't care that they, you know, you're, you're not supposed to do this. Where Hopton was, was actually completely overstepping what he was supposed to be doing. He was a soldier in a counterintelligence unit. He didn't have the rank of a Cooper. Even if they were both lieutenant, Cooper had a higher uh, security clearance. He was in a combined Pentagon unit, and Hutton was not. And they were running money to this group. And I tell you what, I there were two things that caught my attention, and I haven't seen them mentioned anywhere. And in social media about this this episode, one is when I saw that that um, that um, when they took Hutton, my feel was he's extracting himself. He got his friends to extract him, and it reminded me of Rifkin. Mm. I thought this guy is, that money was going to pay intelligence and that intelligence was going to expose him and he got himself and he was the one who may believe that he had been killed. I did not buy the torture. I did not buy anything. People who have been tortured uh, generally carry some sort of physical anything. The, the teeth are rotten because they've been in a, in a, Cell. They walk funny. They don't move well because they've been, uh, you know, like John McCain. They had forever little things that mm-hmm. that carry with them from torture, chemical or beatings or whatever. He had not one tooth out of place. It it just to me felt like a charade that fuck Katrina had arranged to get Cooper out of the way because this only happened after. She got aware of who Cooper was. They mentioned Hutton, and voila. Some people are saying it was Red. I think it was Katrina, she, or whatever this woman's name is, um, that arranged that. And the second thing that I haven't seen mentioned, and tell me what you thought about that. 
when he, Hopton is about to kill Cooper. Cooper, you know, goes and tries to, and frees him from the piece of, of cement that he has on top of his legs. And he takes a gun and says, you should have learned the first time. That to me told me that that first time was. You should have learned your lesson the first time. Yeah. And the lesson was, I was not trustworthy. You should have trusted your instincts. And he's, he told, you know, none, nothing was as it seemed in that episode. That's, that's a very interesting thought. I, I did not get that from the episode. I could definitely see where that could be, especially if they're trying, if they're tying it into something with Red, uh, and, and doing a parallel. Um, I could definitely see that. I, they may bring it back around. I would have thought that they would have kept him alive if that had been the case, so that we could come back around to him. Coming back around to dead characters, especially when they're just one-offs like this. Mm -hmm. I mean, because, well, we've heard about Kuwait before. We, you know, Hutton was, we've only seen him once now, you know, Mm -hmm. in one episode. And so... Well, it, From the it doesn't need to go back to of, him. And maybe, maybe it's that's kind of where I land on that. Um, because from the structure point of view, coming back to Hutton's story and if he was extracting himself, um, I feel like that'd be kind of a strange thing to come back to. But it's not impossible by any stretch. Mm-hmm. And so, but I agree with you that that's. That phrasing was uh, was interesting. Yeah. And so it, I mean, it, it, I I knew the second that he started cracking jokes about maybe they can take you this time. I thought it was possible that that he was the uh, the Samoon before that, and then the second he cracked that joke, I was like, "Yep, I was right." <laughs> the moment he mentioned the Shimoon and and Cooper's yeah. ears went up, I'm like, "He's the Shimoon. Yep. He's the Shimoon." And this was all a charade. This guy just got himself all dirtied up and walked down the mountains. You know what he reminded me of a little of the judge? You know, with the guy walking in the highway. Mm, yeah. He reminded me of the, of, and, and, and that, that also was that. It seemed like it was a bad thing to do. It was an illegal thing to do to be the subject. But he wasn't executed because he was beaten. He was executed because he was guilty. He was a traitor. He had aligned himself with the Taliban, and that's what, what happened. And I feel that this is exactly the same thing. And I think that Red, in a way, when they mentioned the Shimun, he got like, oh, okay, this uh, this is not good. But I... It was, it was, I think it, a lot of people were expecting like a lot of like younger red and all that. I, I like that it was, it was Cooper centered. I do too. I really do. Because I, like I said earlier, I very much look forward to anything we've got on, on the side characters pass because we, we get tidbits thrown out, but we've never met a young Cooper and I really enjoyed getting to, I thought the casting was done very well. And, oh yeah, um, he made a very good young Cooper, that kid. Yeah, I mean, it just, it was nice. We had one of Samar with uh, with, with that episode back in, was that season three? Yeah, that was Sal beaten Hassan. Uh-huh. And uh, we, we got a lot from her past there, but I mean, we really haven't gotten, not, we, we haven't We got judge. a little bit judge. Yeah, through, through um, 
um, Tom, sorry guys, long Con- sleep. Connolly. Connolly, thank you. Um, one of the many Toms on the show. Uh, through Connolly, we got some of Cooper's past between the judge and mm-hmm. just in general because he'd known him so long. But we haven't gotten a lot. He's kind of like wrestler. We have we've gotten tidbits, mm-hmm. and so I think it was a very good choice to go with him. I was very excited for it. Um, and I feel like. It's going to be one of those episodes that laid the groundwork for a lot of mythology, a lot of paralleled mythology mm-hmm. in future episodes. Like, I, we're going to be able to come back to this at the end of season seven and go, oh, oh, oh. that's what that said. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the, <laughs> and, there was a lot of little things hanging mm-hmm. in there. Like, that phrase by Hodden was like, why would you say you should have learned your lesson? I mean, if if if... And it's funny because I don't think Cooper got it. I mean, Cooper no. still thought, well, you know, a this was a kid and all that. I think that 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 phrase to me kind of told me, like, yes, it, that's the way I read it. I mean, it's, a, it's my immediate gut reaction when I was the first time I I, I, I saw the, uh, the, the actions when they were taking up. It's like, I think that bullet was made for him, for Cooper. And he was extracting himself. And then it's like, why would they say they executed them? Probably just so they stopped looking for him. I think he was, his plan was, he. this is another uh, um, Alan Ray Rifkin. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, if he was doing that, I mean, the the superior officer never owned up to it, particularly. I mean, so... Well, basically, if you look if you look at the the episode like that, like the, ep- the the let's say that the commanding officer knew what was happening, or realized it afterwards, and said, "You did what was right because hey, my superior officer, which is Raymond Reddington, we're running this this counterintelligence operation. We're putting some money into the Kurt's hands, and you're doing exactly what you're doing, which is what a soldier does. Yeah, a soldier doesn't go around." Saying, oh, this this is not right. I'm going to go. And basically, you just prove yourself to be a unreliable person. You did, Hutton was not loyal. He did not ask what was going on. He did not ask who, who ordered you this. He immediately went and ratted him out without knowing. Because let's say that they were not doing it and the captain was not aware. But the commanding officer yeah. was. Like Raymond... He could have broken that intelligence wide open. Yeah. And and he proving himself to be an unreliable asset. That's mm-hmm. at the best. At the worst, he was an enemy agent. Yeah. And the army just decided to just let's bury him. Uh, he's dead. And, you know, and I think that that it will come back. I think that your sense in there is totally correct. It's going to come back to it. Now that you, we talk about that, you wanna you wanna talk about about the about Red and Cooper, or oh, you wanna definitely. or you have something more about about the the what happened in Kuwait and um, let's see, what do I have? Whoever was playing I mean, young Cooper it, it all... was very good. I can't remember the name of the actor. He was good. He was. Uh, who was the writer for this episode? I didn't look. The same as Rasfet, and uh, he was a, um, a writer, I think, for Redemption. He also wrote okay. the Osterman Umbrella Company, um, and I think a few others. He, he was the one that, that did the episode of Ruined, wasn't he? 
Um, I'm not sure that he did ruin. It could be. Uh, unless they brought two redemption riders over. Because he was the one I was so frustrated with for a while. But if it's him, then he's he's redeemed himself. <laughs> um, I'll look later. Anyway, whoever wrote this episode did a very good job. I'll have to look up who, who actually wrote it. But I just felt like the dialogue, it was, so, it was very tightly written. And again, I know I'm repeating myself, but I, I do feel like even... Even as much as I feel that way now, in a few episodes, whenever things start, you know, tying up, I'll feel even more that way. Mm. So, I, th- um, I think that, I mean, l- let's go into Cooper and Red, because I feel like a lot of it tied in. Their conversations tied pretty tightly in with Hutton. Yeah, it it's... um. Well, they're they're talking about two things to me. Sorry, I just had a thought. Yes? Red refused to go in and see Hutton. Mm -hmm. Do you think there was something going on in there as well? That Hutton would have recognized Red and potentially blown something up that Cooper wasn't supposed to know? Um... As in what? As in possibly know that the Shimon, the Shimon was. Um, I I don't know. Hutton? I mean, I mean, because if he was his superior officer, superior officer, superior officer, I mean, it's. I was just thinking about it because it seemed like kind of a funny thing you know, that he'd caused a lot of trouble and. Well, I I think that it would have been it would have taken a lot from being a Cooper episode into being a Red episode. And maybe it, maybe that was why. Yeah, I mean, I think that that he needed to have Cooper there uh, more than Red and Cooper because we've had Red and Cooper. Red and Cooper went to get that drug dealer to get the kid. I mean, we've had we have a lot of Red and Cooper, but we needed to see Cooper facing his past on his own. Right. You know, he he was saved at the last minute by Red, which is great, um, but. At the end of the day, I think that this is more or less the same thing. I think that what happened in the, when they were going after the drug dealer and, and he said, no, this is where I stand. You have to make that decision for mm-hmm. yourself. Um, and I think it's one of the things that I like about Red the most. So the I thought that that was what was going on with Cooper and, and Red in the in the present time. Okay. Now, should we talk about that conversation on the plane? Because if that is not like the master in red speak, I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, um, I think just prior to that, though, talking about the flash drive, I thought it was interesting. Oh, yes. Because um, I, I have a note in here. Um, I gave it to you so you could put it behind. That's the that's... same thing he told, he told Wrestler. You know, yep. mistakes should be... Very, not that we forget that they are there, but that we can go on. I just, I I have a note in my notes saying that that, everything that he knows about Cooper, why would he have thought that was the reaction he would have had? Was that that would help him put it behind him? I think it's because Red however much he understand about people 
Red is fundamentally different from Wrestler or Cooper in the sense that Red was always had these criminal tendencies. It's always had, he was never the upright guy. And, and actually, Cooper is not either, but, you know, Wrestler is a bit more than that. But I think that... that but in for, comparison. Yeah, I think that also one thing that Red had that forced him into that, that Cooper and Wrestler do not, is that Red had one job to do. Whatever this work is doing, whatever this, this, uh, not not just protecting Liz, but something that he's doing that he has mentioned to to Cooper that he has meant that Dembe has mentioned to him, and this thing forces him to go forward. He cannot. He does not have the luxury of of the law and in order to make decisions, he is operating outside those rules. And he has a job that is important enough for him to keep going even when things have been so hard for him. And I think that when you when you have something that is that important, you have to put the past in the past or you cannot move forward. The weight of these things that you keep adding is like all the people that he had killed. You know, if you start, he even says a part of me dies, but that doesn't stop him from going forward. You have something to do, you gotta do it. If it's important enough to get done, it needs to get done. Make yeah, sense? I, I definitely felt like it was much more of a, this would work for me, so let me do it for you. It's the, the intentions were good, but the execution was not appropriate for the individual it was performed for. I think that Cooper would need to, to, I mean, he needed to do that gesture of the medal and all that. And I think that in the, in the future, he might learn that things were not as they seemed, but he needed that in order to move. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think he needed to face that demon. And and I think that's what he did. You know, he didn't. He he felt he didn't deserve that medal. He felt that he should have that. And obviously, the guy was a perfect bad guy. Um, I I particularly didn't buy that he was a good guy. I didn't buy that he was torture. To me, that all sounded like, yeah, nice, nice, you know, try. But I'm not buying. Well, I just I'm uh, not sure how he would have survived it all especially not with any lingering marks mm -hmm. i i mean he certainly didn't up to the point of being gone since what was it 89 30 years yeah i mean it was over 30 years almost I, 30 years you know I, 31 years walking up to the door i'm going no <laughs> not there <laughs> no <laughs> um so I, it just seemed to me that that Red had good good intentions, but he needed to Cooper needed to face this in a way that worked for Cooper, and that's why what Red doesn't go in when he was going in with a gun. That's what Red, those are decisions because if he goes with them, it will always it will be Liz blaming it on Red because it's the easiest thing to do. Instead of saying, hey, Palsy, I just gave you the stuff, I gave you the, the information, and you did with that whatever you wanted. 
there were some really interesting things with Red in their conversations. And if I were to have a spreadsheet for is Reddington Raymond <laughs> Reddington, <laughs> She's I do not. One. I do not. No, not yet. Um, she will. But <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna like have it. someone hack my computer and check for spreadsheets. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I know. I'll see it in your eyes next time. <laughs> You I saw the spreadsheet you know. look. <laughs> yep, it's it's that look. I know it. Oh, but it, there was some. Like I was saying earlier, the writer for this episode was very good about twisty dialogue. Mm-hmm. The way, I mean, I had to back it up several times over things that Red was saying. And I couldn't do that the first time through, but um, the, the second watch through uh, that I did Monday morning, um, I, I, I did that. There was, um, when, when Red and Cooper were talking about, he was asking him how we knew about Hutton. He said, I know because I know, because whoever I once was, I am now and will continue to be Raymond Reddington. Yeah, that basically saying... Yes, I was somebody else before, but I also was the Raymond Reddington that was there. And there was this, I have it round two in my notes, uh, where Cooper was asking, how do you do it? Wake up every morning, content to live a lie. How do you put, put on your face, uh, put on a face to the world? It says, I don't live a lie. I may once have had another identity, but identity, that identity no longer exists. I am exactly who I am. And I can assure you, I am far more interesting, a far more interesting Raymond Reddington than Raymond Reddington ever was. It just, it was very interesting, and... What did you take from it? I don't know yet. (laughs) I'm just filing it away at this point. Um, You have to add what he told Liz then, when she asked, why did you stay Raymond Reddington? I mean, you got the money, why didn't you just go be somebody else? And he said, I am what I am. Popeye the sailor man. I think that they're all saying the same thing. It's like there there is two levels that they're they're creating the ambiguity with, which is one is the idea of becoming someone else, not with a name, but with who you are. I mean, a criminal versus the naval officer, the protector – versus the father i think that that you know you uh, he was deemed a traitor and a criminal so he became a criminal this is one level in which you are you're not this person you once were and and i think that a lot of people find that you know you're not the person you were when you were 12 or 20 you know and for us that are farther up is like you're not the same person when you were 30 or 40. Mm -hmm. that was you're a different kind of person and but you're still who you are you just became somebody else even keeping your name and being who you are so i totally understand what he's saying to me it makes sense he's saying i was once someone else but i am raymond reddington i was and i continue to be raymond reddington and i know because i am raymond reddington 
Well, just, I'm about to pull Tom into this conversation. <laughs> yeah, and it's exactly it's, that. It's like there is an there is an identity. There is also an identity you choose and who you are. Tom is a perfect example. That's that's what I thought of with that was because okay, he lived under the name Jacob Phelps. He didn't know who what his real name was, and then he found out his real name was uh, Christopher Hargrave. He never stopped. There was one very brief point that he tried to get Liz to call him Jacob and then threw that out the window. And, and he told her, I want, there's, I want, this is what I want to be. This is who I am. Yeah. And he chose to be Tom Keene. That was a, a choice that he made. And so whether Red was born Red, whether he was became Red at any given point, he has been this person for so long. That he is who he is. And uh, also, connected to, to Tom, uh, Red made a comment. He said, I've always believed that, you, uh, that who you are should define you, not who you were. Mm -hmm. And I started laughing so hard. It's like, I, I just could hear the subtext, except for Tom Keene. Because <laughs> he refused to believe that he could change. Uh, right up until the end. I think at the end, he'd about accepted it. Well, you know, it's interesting. It was written in the in the tombstone under Tom. He was father and husband. So at the end, he accepted what he had become, a father and a husband. Mm -hmm. oh, do you and, think but, he was responsible for the tombstone? Could have been Scotty. I find it difficult that Scotty would have also go for the tombstone Son. of him. He has also... She had done the Christopher Hargrave one. Yeah. I don't think that he would. She would have gone for the Tom Keene one. That's fair. That's fair. I I think that at the end, you know, there, what he's saying in those, it's the same thing. So I thought that that was very interesting and well done. And, and I know that a lot of people got very furious about it. But that tend to be more the people who were convinced that he was Ilya and that he was not. He became Raymond Reddington in 1991. And it's what I've been saying. He never said I became Raymond Reddington in 1991. He never even accepted that he was Ilya. He said, I know what I who I am in the story, but not like. And he let believe. Liz, whatever it is, he's so long never, as she doesn't... He's never admitted to being Ilya. And that's, no. for me, if I were to have a spreadsheet, the fact that Red has never admitted to it would go into the not Ilya category. Mm. Because he, he talks around things. And that is something he would do if he were... Trying, not Ilya. Yeah, if he were not Ilya... And trying but, to obscure it. Yeah. But if that were a better thing for Liz to believe than whatever the truth is. Whatever his real identity is, he's willing to die taking that to the grave. And it's it's very interesting that he said, whoever I was, I was once, is that, it, I, that identity no longer exists. Think about that. He's not saying that... You know, he's basically saying that identity, I let go of it, is is not who I was. He's talking about identities. It goes back to that conversation that he had with Liz in 122 when he said, 
the identity of your real father is, is what is dangerous for you. I'm not going to tell you who he was. It's not saying, I'm not going to tell you who he was at this point. I'm not going to tell you who your father was. The, well, I mean, his name, who's, his real identity, that's what is dangerous. And he's talked about that in, in a little bit different phrasing about Katerina. Even the name of Katerina Rostova put people in danger. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me. So, I mean, depending on what his real identity is, if he's not Ilya... Then, he was someone else. Yeah. And he, and he even gave us the why. His father excommunicated him, probably because he was a difficult child. You know, got no. I mean, he was stealing uh, pastries and grapes in the comics and getting into all sort of, of trouble. And probably he just ran away from home or whatever and then went on and, and became Reddington and. Who he was no longer matters to him. Um, I, I think there's also another character who used very similar phrases to that that person no longer that identity no longer exists, which is Carla Reddington. She said, "You know, Carla Reddington was an, a miserable housewife married to a miserable man. That woman no longer exists." And that's very the same concept. Mm-hmm. Whoever you were before, that identity is gone. Now you're somebody else. It's like, it's like saying, I could see Tom Keen saying the same thing. There was a Tom Keen before Tom Keen, the husband and father. There was the operative who was in this life and married her under false pretenses. And then, even though he kept the identity, he became somebody different. And even though, and he was no longer that Tom Keen, but he was still Tom Keen. Yeah. So, th- to me, that that is like, I don't know how much plainer they can make it. The fact that he knew what was going on. Um, now, let me ask you. What do you think that was about Cooper? Because she seemed to have gone through 701 to 703, making sure, thinking that he, that Ray, Red was Raymond Reddington. I sure thought he did. I was under the impression with the acting and just the things that he was saying. and It all seemed to point to me that he thought he was. And so it may just be that he was doing the right thing. He was making sure that if, you know, that the information, the intelligence that they had, that it was going to his superiors. I I don't know why he would have done that if he thought otherwise, though. I have a thought. That he's a he was protecting him? Um, two, two prong. The first one is, this gave Cooper something to hold over Red. Second prong. Cooper has been seeing the effect of Red Secrets on the task force and on Liz particularly. Yes. I mean, there was a whole thing with the fake uh, paternity test that almost got Agnes thrown off a roof that got them kidnapped. And there was the fake death that basically left Agnes without bonding with her mother for the first month mm-hmm. of her life, which is crazy. Thank God that, Coop, that Tom was there. But it was insane. I mean, what what woman does that? Um, just because she wanted some whatever, she she would... Liz is, is very intelligent and very level-headed until we get to the personal things. And then she's acting crazier and crazier and 
each time, each year, she puts more and more people at risk. That she she almost got the task force indicted and Red went into the death penalty and and pleaded guilty in order to save the task force from being indicted. Before they were indicted by almost indicted by Kate. So I think that at this point Cooper is really concerned yeah. that they don't get to the bottom of this. Tom died. Uh, it's like it goes back to what what I've been saying about Red. Where is his line? Cooper may have found his. Yeah. On um, what what is too much? Yeah. And and I think that what 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 tilted Cooper's is that he knows that Red is that Raymond Reddington. But what made it more clear to him that this family dynamic was very very dangerous was when he went to Liz and asked why did you do that and she said because I hated him when I thought he was my father because he thought he basically abandoned her and that's the same issue that Jennifer had with him it was you abandoned me and these kids are so damaged by what happened that she prefers and she also may have suspected that he's her father but he put him in death penalty to find out things so Liz is out of control she has no boundaries and no moral sense Tom was was her moral sense Tom tethered her to reality which is a little bit terrifying that Tom was the one that went babe babe slow down (laughs) you're crossing moral boundaries here yeah even I know you're crossing moral boundaries so that means you're like vaulting over normal people's boundaries Exactly. And, and, you know, it's like everybody that she meets with her family pushes her a little further. Mm-hmm. Kate pushed her to fake her death. Uh, Kirk pushed her to basically want to save a guy who was going Threaten to throw her, her daughter. Yes, kill her child. Just to get a few answers. And now Jennifer pushed her to put Red in death, in death row and the task force. And I think that Cooper at that point said, this is it. I mean, he gave her the the the, the DNA test. Uh, surprisingly, it was him who gave the information of Oleander. And also, uh, he said about the bones, it's time that the secrets get out. It's enough. And I think that at this point, he said, this is enough. And I, if this is what it takes to force this issue, I will. Because think about it. Who has the actual ability to absolutely for certain know if Raymond Red if Red is the Raymond Reddington of Kuwait he does he have a blood test from before 1997 he could run that against Red who is now in CODIS because he was is a convicted killer he's a convicted criminal mm-hmm. and make you know have his answer and we don't know even if he had done it but he knows and he's the fact that he's going on what list of all characters said he's Even been with, back and forth for seven seasons now yeah and, since he met her. and exactly so now you know you're getting everybody's in danger now and i think that cooper is seeing you know what this crazy family stuff is gonna have to stop i mean the box stops with this people who are not this crazy people this rostovs and they gotta stop because I gotta protect a rum and and wrestler. Yeah. And Liz, if she'll let him. 
I think that by now that she he, Cooper has understood that. I mean, look at what he's been doing. You want to take time off? I mean, this is a guy who was basically just going after Mira for being late when she mm-hmm. was being tortured. And Rasha didn't even want to take a day off to be with his brother. And Cooper is telling Cliss, take a day off. I think you need a day off. Come on. You yeah. have to take a day off. So I think that there is there is a real concern there. And I think that's what Cooper is doing. Because to me, it doesn't I mean everything that read to me was that he knew Red was was the Raymond Reddington of that time, and didn't make any sense. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I was I was a little surprised with this episode that he suddenly was turning around and saying, "Oh well, I'm I'm you know I guess it was at the end of last episode, you know mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna tell them that he's Ilya," and so. Let, let's segue into the Panabaker conversation, because that was <sighs> interesting. And there was something in there that I'd really like to highlight, because I didn't catch it on the first run-through, because, like I said, I was, you know, getting ready for stuff and kind of in the middle mm-hmm. of everything while I was watching it. Uh, I mean, the conversation itself was great, don't get me wrong. Uh, I love was... Panabaker. But with, with the Blacklist, they are very good about using everything. Dialogue and directing and the shots. Mm-hmm. They they take some really bizarre shots that at the time you're like, why? Why, you know, why, why were you there and shooting at that in that moment? They went out of their way as they were panning out of that scene to focus in on the lipstick stain that she left on the glass. Mm. I mean, typically that would have been something, I mean, like people do that for like DNA, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It was just really interesting. Um, I mean, I, I know people have thrown out the ideas that maybe she's Katarina Risto, but I, I don't think the actress... Because she's much, much smaller, much shorter than, than Lottie, I believe. Um, so I'm not sure that, like, not every redhead I, is Katarina. I have thought about that. Um, um, <laughs> not every redhead is Katarina. <laughs> no. Plus, Katarina, I mean, it could be. It could be. It could, be. Ve- it could very well be. It was just interesting. And I, I felt like it was worth making note of. Because, like I said, with the rest of the episode, I feel like there were so many little things that will make a lot more sense later. I'm just kind of putting a pin in the entire episode and going, mm-hmm. all right, I'm holding on to this, and this is going to make a whole lot more sense. Yeah, it was it was very dense. And then we have, you know, to me, it, it, goes, into, it goes into, th- this is an episode that for me started tying up a lot of things because Cooper had the ability to test DNA, and, and Liz Mays think, She's an avoider. She can avoid anything with the clear head and a nice smile until she's absolutely forced to do that, just like Red. I mean, Red hasn't told Liz anything on her on his own. He's been always prodded by somebody else forcing his hand. And I think that that Cooper is not that kind of person. Cooper have the DNA ability to, to, to just find out who he is. I mean, and the fact that Liz had a Ilya Koslov 
and was identified as Ilya Kozlov tells me that whoever Ilya Kozlov is, he can be identified. So you think that Cooper would not have just typed down to see and there's like, oh, wait a minute, I don't think so. It just seemed like the craziest thing to do. And, you know, I made this comment after Rosfeld. I said, what happened to Ilya? Like, if, if Ilya became red... What what did they do about that identity? Did they fake kill him? What what did they do? Well, I think that Ilya is the or I think Ilya Koslov was a name used by a lot of people, and among them is the stranger. But I also think that Rain may have used it. Maybe. Um, I think if if Red isn't Ilya, then the strangers are most likely bet, which would be interesting because they had a very sibling style interaction, uh, family style interaction. Red siblings or cousins? Yeah, to me. And so, I mean, something close. Mm-hmm. Um, they grew up together; that they were very, very close. Um, I mean, even when. At the end of the episode, when Cat, Blonde Cat and uh, Birdie, Birdie's his name, uh, were were looking at the picture of Ilya, I had to kind of squint at it to see if it was the younger actor or if it was um, if it was the stranger. It just, the two actors look a great deal alike, mm-hmm. and it, they did very well with that with the casting, yes. um, especially if he is Ilya, mm-hmm. but definitely or you know somebody. Name, but the the interesting thing of this episode to me comes more when we get to that great scene with Liz at the end. And I think we have to talk a lot about Liz. Um. Well, before we do, uh, I yeah. just want to touch on the fact that I love that Russ and Frankie got a scene together. I they did good. I told you I like it when with Gina. He needs he needs a bad girl. He needs to <laughs> shake things up. I I would be willing to ship it. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a shipper, and I say, hey, that looks good. You know, he he just needs he can't go back to this the good little woman. He needs a he yeah. needs a girl I, with a with a bad attitude. I, I think that we saw that when he dated the girl that he hired to be his fake girlfriend. <laughs> when he legitimately dated her for a while, I mean, we we saw that he's no longer interested. No. I, I'm still not on board with him and Liz, but, uh, yeah, we're definitely not not seeing him go back to a... Yeah, let, you know, if you like wrestler, I would not ship it with Liz. I mean... It's dangerous. Ask Tom. Yeah. No, oh, you can't. <laughs> she almost gone... I mean, those Russians could have given him a, a, a far more shake-up than they did. Yes. I, I actually think that they were trying to tell him who the guy was so that to push him to find Katarina for them, but... Anyway, I mean, it's like, this chick is dangerous. Yeah, this family is better avoided. I mean, Red put it very well. They're they're a little eccentric. Yeah. A little deadly. Yeah, I mean, when they don't get... I mean, you, you just cross her and she just keeps you in a boat for four months and exchange a, a blanket for information. She will break your thumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just... I mean, she's not playing. I, 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 I much like. I'm not a shipper, but I much like wrestler. If he's gonna go with somebody, uh, Frankie seems a much better, safer choice, and has just enough of the bad girl to, to, you know, shake up a little bit. Because I think he will be bored now with a, with a good girl. Yeah. 
I just wanted to toss that in there. It was a fun scene. It was, Red always has people in the most random places. But a guy playing mm -hmm. D&D &D <laughs> that, that apparently was... had an armed drone at his fingertips. Okay. Only Reddington. Yep. That was that was a very fun scene. I love the guy. He's like, oh, okay. All right. So that I, I, it was a great, great scene. I loved it. It was fun, and you know, it was it was such a you know play on stereotypes, but you know sometimes stereotypes work because that's how they get to be stereotypes. Yep. Um, you know, it's like Tadashi, like everybody else. It's like, yep, there she is. That's what they do, and they're fun and they're good characters. So, do right. you have any anything else on anybody else? I don't think so. I'm ready to jump into Liz and uh, Blonde Cat. Okay, tell me your thoughts. And then I'll tell you my thoughts, because my thoughts are um, uh, the kind that will turn everything upside down. I will say that this, her entire round of actions, I felt like went firmly into the not the real Katarina category of the spreadsheet. Uh, I mean, not, I mean, you can't really base it on how she's using Agnes to get access to the house because, honestly, let's <laughs> let's be real here. They're all scoffs used people. Yeah, like, it just makes it easier when they're family. <laughs> hey, you know, Howard used Tom, Scotty used Tom, yeah. Red uses Liz. It's like, yes, that family does that. It's a rite of passage in the spy family. Um... So not even that, but just the fact that she was going in and looking for a photo of Ilya. And, like, she obviously knew the name, but I, I got the impression that she didn't have a lot of information on him. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it did not come across as, this is my childhood best friend, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, she was looking for information about a man she'd heard of, not that she knew. Well, there was no name. No, they called it Ilya because uh, Birdie asked. I, I know, but there was no name on the on the notebook. She didn't flip the picture. She just opened the the notebook, took a picture of it. So she has to know the man. She just didn't have a picture of him to okay. make it easier to find. But okay. she definitely knew the man as Ilya. I thought she grabbed several pictures. Am I wrong there? No, she, but I think they were on the on the pages. In the two pages, I have the, the, the screenshot that was part of a promo, oh, okay. um, one of those promos, and there is no name on the on the picture. So she knew yeah. who that guy is because otherwise it would be just somebody in there. How would she even know what she's doing? I, I thought there was intelligence that went along with it. No, <coughs> there's a picture. Um, just a picture. So... Definitely, I mean, the thought, I mean, the fact that the guy I, I talked to uh, about Agnes like an urchin, I mean, a, hello, and she was like, you know, don't talk to me about my grandma, grandfather, granddaughter like that. Uh, yeah, that's, to me, that that's just not, not it. I mean, and she was, I don't think that she plans, she was very reluctant to use the King connection to get to hear information but to me it's very clear now she wants to survive the Townsend directive which is a directive to kill Katerina is her death sentence and she wants to give them what they want which is a Katerina to kill the real yeah. one Liz's mother not her 
so to me that's simple. I mean, you're there is no way you can you can do that. And what would this episode was very good in one scene that lasted maybe two seconds was to turn the entire rasvet on its head. It was masterfully done because now you cannot have both. Either you believe that there's three options here and two of them are mutually exclusive. You cannot believe that red is Ilya and this woman is Katerina. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, she doesn't know. And, and people are saying, well, but he was saying that he's the only guy, meaning that, you know, nobody else can tell her. No, he's the only guy left. Red was willing to die and not and not have the secret. Dom was told, Frankie was told that Dom is now um, unconscious and will probably likely never recover and not be himself. So he will be totally unable to give them any information and is probably out of reach. So I don't think that Frankie may have finished her contract with this woman, but definitely Dom seemed to be really hurt. So he's out. There's only one person left. So by her not knowing that Red is Ilya, supposedly in Rasput, either she's Katerina or Red is Ilya, but you cannot have both. Or you can believe that Red is Red because she also said, you know, she keep calling him Red Raymond. And she kept, um, and she went to the nanny and told, and told a nanny that Liz was Raymond's Renaissance daughter and Katerina, I mean, Katerina Rostova, everybody knew that Liz is Katerina Rostova's daughter, but nobody knew that she's Raymond Reddington's daughter. She just put that out. Yeah, and that, that also went firmly in the not the real cat category, because I don't think if she were really worried about her daughter, she was really looking to protect her daughter that wouldn't be how she would do it throwing that information out there yeah that was a a sneaky move i mean i'm impressed i mean and the thing is like (laughs) i guess most people probably wouldn't do this but if i were that nanny i would have gone that's not information you tell the public who are you Yeah, but you know, most people would say, yeah, the daughter of uh, Raymond, of the most wanted man, the granddaughter of the most wanted man, and as and a spy that everybody wants to kill. Maybe not. So no. I totally get it. It was a brilliant thing without hurting anybody. I I appreciate that she is she's going out of her way not to hurt people. You know, which is which makes her an even better villain because she's she's trying to be careful. Well, I mean, I she think, wasn't too careful with Dom, but, you know, Dom tried to kill her, so... I don't even think it's so much that she's trying not to hurt people. I think she's just trying to move through as cleanly as possible. Because she she killed the the uh, Frenchman uh, in Paris that, that came in and was trying... What was the phrase? And the illusionist. It was a, fan, it was a fantastic line about... Um, what a, a, a thing that... No room a, for kindness. Sad world that... that uh, that uh, how I wish we could live in a world where kindness was uh, not not a weakness or something yeah. like that. It's say a kind word. That must be the best one. Say I love that. Uh, but I mean, so she killed him. She killed the illusionist. And so it's. I don't think it's so much that she's trying just, to to move through without killing people. I think she's just taking the route. If she were to kill the nanny, if the nanny were to turn up dead, that would be that suspicious. That would raise alarm. Yeah. Yeah. 
It, it also may be that she's reluctant to kill family members. She seemed to have a story with Red, and she seemed to have some sort of feelings for Red. Um, so there was there was something there, and she was very reluctant to go into into Keen and and you know she was saying do you have this intel on Keen reliable. So this this whole thing seemed a little to me it it went just right in there like this is she's not Katerina. Yeah, I I am leaning so heavily to her not being the real cat that it's not even funny. Um, I mean, she's very good with Agnes, but all she has to do is manipulate her. I mean, and I think that she may have a a, a child, and I wouldn't be surprised. Or children. If, yeah, or children, or she was a nanny. She secretly knew Kate. <laughs> or she was a nanny of somebody else. You know, you know my theory, so you know who's nanny you think, uh, I I think she might be. But certainly, it, she had, she has a good way with children. She says, I miss having children around, but not my children, children around. So that's what I got me, that, that little uh, nanny thing going on. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting as a, as a parallel that's, to Kate. That's a really good idea. I hadn't thought about that. I, I was disappointed i felt like this episode leaned back towards liz not suspecting she's katarina oh do you disagree oh my god you have no idea okay go for it uh, go 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 okay so this is what i think i was i always find the most helpful thing to do in the blacklist is to sit down and see and write down what you've seen because emotions and what it seemed like Gets you very confused. I sat down and said, okay, let's see what we have seen. What we have seen Liz do. And and if you go and like, oh my God, Liz is so clueless. How can she do that? This is a strange woman. Now she's giving access to the apartment. And right after she knows that there is a woman that tried to kill her grandfather. Hello? And the woman is saying all kind of weird things about wanting to reconnect with her daughter and the whole thing. How can she be so clueless? She's stupid. Wait a minute. What is she had been actually doing? She, upon meeting this woman, she invited her over on a day that she decided to come back after dropping Agnes at school. She went grocery shopping and went back. Like, she doesn't have a job. She went back there and invited her for a um, for a cup of coffee, and then um, and the woman took the impression of the keys, which seemed something familiar that we have seen before. She did it with Tom's keys. Uh, they did it with keys for in uh, a couple of the episodes that. Uh, they did those those things. So it seems to me that she was facilitating that moment. And what has she been telling this woman? My mother doesn't love me. My mother has caused me a lot of trouble. Um, my mother has no interest in connecting with me. Um, uh, my mother basically is not a good person. Um, and, you know, she's caused me so much trouble and she's, you know, we're so strange. I never, you know, I don't know her. She left me. Basically, she's telling this woman, I have no information for you. I don't know. My mother doesn't care for me. I, 
never met her, and I cannot even find her, and she has no interest in me. Basically, she's neutralizing the threat. I think she knows. You think that she knows that she's not Katerina, but that she's the person looking for Katerina. I think that she's not 100% sure, but she knows that either this woman is her mother and she's not a good person, or B, this woman might be the person looking for her mother, mm-hmm. and she's trying to disable the threat the best way she could. Instead of taking Agnes and dumping her with, with Scotty, she is choosing to make sure that this woman understands fairly well. And I would not be surprised if she left that picture of Ilya right there for her to find, so that she finds Ilya for her. You know, I would love that. If that's the case, I will be so freaking happy because Smart Liz is my favorite Liz. And I, I mean, this love... is the woman who out, who outwit uh, everybody in 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 season six. She was killing people. She was dissolving people. Why would you think that now she's totally stupid? I think that she knows perfectly well. Besides, this woman looks like Katerina. It's not like you could say, oh, my God, I have no idea. She must have plastic surgery. In theory, this woman looks like an aged Katerina, which we can be certain that Katerina doesn't look like that. The first thing she did was change her hair and change her face, and she doesn't look like that. But this, and Liz remember her mother. So she has to see this woman who looks like her, an aged version of her, and say, that's my mom. Or if it's not my mom, it's somebody looking for my mom. I may not be 100% sure, so I'm going to cover all my bases. I'll tell her that my mother doesn't want me. And if she is my mother, then she will let me know. But if not, I'll cover my bases and, and keep making sure that she understands that I have nothing to give her. I like it. I hope that's the case. And I think that I think that she's going to take Agnes and she's going to put Red and Liz to choose between Liz's mother and Liz's child. And that will go right into the kidnapping of Liz and the kidnapping of Tom and all of that happening right about that age. Yeah. Poor Agnes. That'd be two kidnappings within five years. That poor child. Hey, she's a, she's, she has it on both on all sides. So I think that she'll do fairly okay. She's a Hargrave and a Rostova. Yeah. She's a Keen. She yep. is a Keen. <laughs> she's a Keen and a Rostova, so she's she's good. Oh, my god. I mean, gosh. remember, Scotty is no, um, Scotty is no wildflower. That's why I said she's a Hargrave and a Rostova. Eh, she's a Keen. <laughs> That's what she is. That's both. Because Liz made the comment in season two when the guy asked her, you know, when she annulled her marriage, why the why she decided to keep the name. She said, because it's mine. It's more mine than it is his. And so Keen, for both of them, that name was, was a chance to put down roots into an identity for themselves that they got to choose for themselves. Mm-hmm. Who they were, instead of the world telling them who they need to be or their past telling them who they need to be. The name or Keen, biology or biology uh the the name keen was a choice that both of them individually and then together eventually made mm-hmm. and so agnes is a keen through and through so that that's hargrave that's rostova that's that's everything it, i i think it's it it's shaped up very interesting and i think that you know it it behooves people to look further down than what it seems to be. Mm-hmm. I think that you were completely right. And the 
they had a perfect blacklister to put to this episode, the Shimun. Um, you know, and they could have gone about it very differently. Like, you know, there is a the guy uh, and uh, is Daniel Houghton and he has information that Shimun and is asking for you. They could have gone about that way, but they chose not to. So I think you're totally right there. This is going to be a, a more, much more heavily mythology episode than people think it is. Um, that's that's all I've got for it. Yep. How about you? Um, I'm good. I'm only I'm only worried that um, Panna Baker. I mean, Panna Baker. I know is capable of throwing anybody under the bus. Uh, she did it already when uh, Red was. Uh, so I'm not concerned about her betraying. But I am concerned about about them sharing a, a glass of scotch on the plane. Um, Who didn't. Uh, Cooper and Red share some? No, Cooper and and, uh, and Panabaker. Yeah, okay. they, they had scotch. Uh, or, yeah, I think it was scotch. Yeah, on the plane. Ray, Ray, <laughs> no, that, that, know, was it, that was in the, the post office. They were in the post office. Okay. But <laughs> to the scotch, Harold. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that was that. a great line. She has the best lines. Oh, she gosh. The best light. I mean, uh, for a moment, I, I thought I consider her, especially because uh, Tom said, I think we're looking at Katerina Rostova when they were, they were, uh, Scotty, and Scotty yeah. Yeah, I, I, maybe you're the one I'm thinking of that thought about that for a while, but I think yeah. I've heard it other places as well. Oh, they, they, I think it's been there, you know, it's like every redhead, but, um, one thing to remember is that. With that redhead thing, is that her mother was apparently dark haired, and that picture that we don't know who it is because it could be uh, Lena with baby Katerina, it could be Katerina with with Liz, it could also be another daughter we know nothing about with another baby. But whoever she is, she's dark haired and dark eyed. Where is this? And that was in season six. That was a photo that Ted King found of oh, okay. yeah. Lena's. He said, that's a picture of my daughter, but you don't know who's the daughter, the woman or the baby. And if that is that woman and that is Katerina, then Katerina has naturally dark hairs and dark eyes. And remember, we have Vanessa Cruz that opens one of the episodes taking off the red haired wig and the blue eyes contacts. Oh, we know who you think is Katerina. Uh, you know you, that. You have made no secret there. <laughs> nope. And I tell you, it just, you know, the, the clues align, and I see no reason. I already, it, you know, there's going to be some people eating hats. So I have already the bakery that makes them out of chocolate. So whether <laughs> it's you. me eating a, a hat or somebody else eating a hat, I got the chocolate hats. Chocolate fedoras. Yep. Pass them around. Yep. All right, guys. Well, you can catch us on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook. You can listen to us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. And we will see you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.